Martech Stacks, episode 16 with Jogo Filippelli. Brought to you by Content Cow. Plan, collaborate on, approve, and publish your content in one simple and intuitive calendar interface. This is Martech Stacked, the weekly show that delves into the what, which, why, and how of marketing technology. I'm your host, David Bain. And each episode, I'll be chatting with a top marketer or a top technologist about what MarTech they use, which are their top tools, why they use the tools that they do, and how they integrate everything together as part of their overarching content marketing strategy and MarTech stack. I'm joined today by a man with over 10 years of experience producing innovative multi-platform marketing campaigns for top entertainment brands and Fortune 500 companies, including DreamWorks TV, Google Play, and PepsiCo. He currently heads up the marketing for an all-in-one influencer marketing platform and social listening tool. Welcome to Martech Stack, the CMO of Tiger Media, Jogo Filippalai. Hello, you're doing great. <laughs> My name is Bosco. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. We were laughing about that beforehand and uh, saying that I was going to butcher it, but you say I did, <laughs> did fairly well. So that's, that's, that's a reasonable start. <laughs> so um, great to have you on, Jogo. Um, you can find um, Jogo over at taggermedia.com. So, Jogo, explain what your business does and how you use marketing technology to make it better. Sure. So, like, we are like a SaaS platform, like 100%, 100% SaaS in the influencer marketing space. Basically, we develop like a, a tool based like on data, you know, like deep analysis on like audience behavior uh, to really help brands and agencies like globally to match with influencers across like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, anywhere. You know, uh, we, we prize ourselves to be like fully compliant. You know, we don't like to respect any like privacy law you know we follow the rules but like we have been accumulating like data for the past four and a half five years you know so our database is really strong really heavy so if that like brands come to us let's say you're a direct consumer brand you're going to launch your new sneaker brand right which influencers in which audiences fit perfectly with my brand and why you know so like our platform analyzes all this data super quick Find the influencer that have better affinity with you based on your parameters, your location, the the size. If you're on a micro, mid, macro, doesn't matter. You know, we got you covered. And we try to make a really seamless experience from the discovery process, from social listening to understand what comp your competitors are doing, to really campaign management, connecting, approving content, sharing content, to the final just reporting, just to get the results at the end. So I, I love how you mentioned Twitch and TikTok as well as other platforms as well. Do you think in general a brand is better to focus on just one platform and get as many incredible influencers from that one platform to begin with? Or um, is a brand generally better to, to spread their efforts across different platforms? It depends what you're looking for, right? Uh, if you think about like gaming, for example, you know, like talking about Twitch, mm -hmm. Twitch is like, it's really strong on gaming, you know? both Twitch and YouTube, right? Uh, if you go to a platform, you have to find where your audience is. If your audience is spread through Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, whatever platform it is, go broad. If your, platform, if your audience is watching content on Twitch because they love gaming, you know, if they're watching your content on YouTube because they love gaming, go there. You know, TikTok is like the new 
than he was and now making most noise than anyone else. Uh, mm -hmm. Like we as a platform, like they don't allow you access data yet, you know, but we help you to connect with audiences, uh, like common audiences, like you have an influencer A, he, the, he, his audience matches with like sneaker brands. He also has a TikTok profile. So that's how you link to him. You know, TikTok is like, it's not as robust a data set as Twitch for us, but like, you have, just think like you have to focus like your campaigns on like your audience, see where your audience is. I like to try and make podcast episodes evergreen. However, we're talking at a time when Donald Trump is potentially looking at banning TikTok. Is, is that a concern for a business like yours? It is. You know, it is because like we try to, it's like not really for us, but for our clients. If they're using like TikTok as like, uh, like as like a platform that they use their focus, their marketing efforts, you know, and you're banning that, you're not just hurting a business, but you're also hurting the creators, you know, for in our, in our front, like we try to offer to uh, our clients as much as like information, platform access, data as possible. You know, of course, there's a lot of boundaries that we don't cross, you know, like TikTok is like, again, it's like the perfect boundary. You know, we don't have access right now to their data because they don't have API access. Any company that says that they have API access to, to TikTok, they're not saying the truth, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so like, we respect that. We're not trying to like, like scrape data or anything, you know? Uh, but the concern is removing TikTok, massive platform that generated massive revenue for both creators and brands. Remove them, it's not the right move. You know, like, it's just not. We might delve a little bit deeper into TikTok and um, other platforms that you think are are key for brands to be thinking of at the moment. But uh, let's veer back into marketing technology for now and, and ask you what parts of your business would you say are working more effectively at the moment than others, thanks to marketing technology? For, for sure, our lead generation. You know, we focus in B2B. We're not really like a consumer uh, brand. We focus like really like having clients and like our brands and agencies, you know, and like on the global scale. So for lead, lead generation is like the main focus, like on the MarTech tools that we use, you know, uh, right now, uh, if you say like our lead gen goes a lot of like on paid advertising, you know, this goes from like Google ads, you know, really exploring, like really deeply exploring like search, like the SEM strategy, you know, mm -hmm. our display strategy, you know, we are launching like, like next week, like our first really video push. You know, we have like a great ad that's running out. So we're going to run through both discovery, like on, on YouTube, like uh, Google like display network, etc. You know, that's our main focus right now. Lead generation is our main focus. So let's dive into the tools that are most important for you then. So starting off with number three, what are your top three tools in your current MarTech stack and why? Uh, right now I see uh, like Facebook and Instagram as a MarTech tool, as like a, their Facebook ads manager, it would be the number three. You know, they're perfect for like narrowing down your audience, narrowing down like your reach, your target, you know, but I'm, I'm being super niche, you know, we need, I need brands and agencies. If I go to those channels, you're like going a little broader and I'm bringing creators. Of course, I always want creators to join our platform. It's like opt-in. It's free for creators to join, you know, but our, 
since our main focus is leads, you know, and like B2B leads, uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram, something that we, we focus like a quarter of our marketing spend. Wow. Okay. So I've talked to people like Dennis Yu and Gavin Bell before, people who are Facebook ads experts, and they say that generally for Facebook advertising, it's a multi-step approach. Mm -hmm. um, you have to publish content to begin with, get people to engage with that content and retarget people who actually consume a reasonable percentage of that content. Uh, do, do you have that similar kind of multi-step approach for your Facebook campaigns? We do. We do. We, we focus a lot like we have like a great content, uh, like a great director of content strategy in our team. You know, uh, she's like developing really outstanding thought leadership pieces, both like on the editorial front, video, and we are soon to release still like on like under the table, like a podcast too, to like reach audio. And our goal, go through like all the like Facebook, Instagram, we try to share all this content, you know, we're getting some good like organic traction, we use those articles to as like a paid media tool, you know, instead of just pushing ads out, we try to bring people to our website, you know, through our articles, through our, like the content that we're producing. Content is like, a, so, like I'd say is really important for us. Does that mean that you pay to boost every single piece of content that you publish on Facebook? Not every single piece, you know, the ones that we see they're getting the most traction that's really converting uh, to leads, you know, we're really, precious about like how we spend our money you know if we say like we have three pieces of content one is not really driving any leads people are just reading but it's not driving you know we're not tracking conversions but we have like a and b they are driving conversions we're going to focus on that so usually like we launch a piece of content every tuesday we have a new like editorial piece for example every monday we have a new video piece if we see like after a certain window that 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 content is like driving some good organic engagement, you know, that's like a big contender for us to start pushing through paid. Okay. And, and so you're finding that you are still getting a reasonable amount of organic engagement on a Facebook page. What's reasonable? <laughs> well, it's, it's obviously Facebook um, have decreased the, the the percentage of organic engagement that you can get on pages. It's it's hard sometimes to make uh, a decision on something that um, you don't get much engagement on. Yeah, certainly, I don't, but, uh, I, we don't we don't base our decision just on Facebook organic reach. Okay, you know it's a mix between like email, email marketing, LinkedIn, uh, yeah. Facebook. Instagram. So it's like a combination of like every single channel we have to really reach our like audience, you know, even our clients or like prospects, you yeah. know, we basically regroup like on a weekly basis, say this content, this, this piece of content, they're performing, you know, so like, let's pay more attention. Let's try to make them become like a lead generation. Like, yeah, I think that's a great tip there to, to, to look at other um, channels uh, and look at the metrics within those channels as an indication as to whether or not something is worthwhile paying to promote on Facebook. Uh, because what, I mean, bringing back to Dennis Hugh, what he does is he publishes on his personal profile and the videos or the content that he gets most interaction on his personal profile is the content that he'll pay to promote on Blitzmetrics or whatever other Facebook page he's, he's, he's promoting. So I think that's a really great tip there. And just staying on Facebook just one more second, is there any kind of um, 
common thread between the different types of content that you do choose to promote, i.e. is the video a certain type of format, maybe a one-by-one one, um, resolution with, um, with subtitles <coughs> on it, or is there no, not necessarily any kind of common trait between the type of content that you choose to promote? So right now we're promoting mostly editorial, so it's most like copy uh, based. Okay. Uh, I would say like 60 to 70% of our content push is on editorial, you know, because this also helps our SEO, it helps, helps like, because we create content like thought leadership content, you know, and so we see that engaging more. On the video front, we always add subtitles, answering your question, you know, mm -hmm. this is helping a lot because people basically watch without sound most of the time. You know, yeah. I was reading like, I was reading research, I don't remember where, that says like people are more and more listening to like watching content without sound, you know? Yeah. Because like if I'm working here, you know, I have distractions. If I put more sound, even more distractions, you know, if I'm just browsing, I see the subtitles easier. Uh, yeah. We try to put like widescreen right now because like it's easier for us with to share across like LinkedIn, like multi-platform. Mm -hmm. You know, just regular like six by ninety. Uh, sure. six by, yeah, 16, 16, sixteen by nine. Sixteen by nine. Thank you. Uh, if we go to Instagram, we do like a, a square, a one by one crop. Okay. You know, we did some like IGTV, uh, like tests, and that we do a different crop. You know, even like our video campaign that we're launching next week, we have two versions. We have like a, a widescreen and a and a one by one. Yeah, I think the challenge for me is also the length of video as well, because also obviously for Instagram, they only allow a maximum of a one minute long video. And then for LinkedIn, it's it's 10 minutes long. And for uh, for for Twitter, it's like two, two minutes 40 or something like that. And, and, and because of those differences, it's difficult sometimes to use the same piece of content and have optimized for every platform out there. Yeah, it's challenging because you have always to be optimizing, always been changing, you know. Mm -hmm. Our rule of thumb, like we do, like every Monday, we have like a, a video series like called Tagger Insights. That basically, like, similar to what we're doing right now, like we just chat with like industry leader that really can like give some insights on their perspective. We're not trying to push our platform. It's not like a sales tool. It's more to give insights for all the, for the audience about the industry. We try to always keep under five minutes, you know, okay. and we edit smaller versions for other like channels. You know, but like five minutes, we found that like five to seven minutes is a sweet spot for to have like a better engagement. Interesting. So Facebook Ads Manager is your tool number three. What yes. is your tool number two? I will go in for focus on lead gen, LinkedIn Ads Manager. You know, we, the goods, the goods and the bads. Uh, you can be super narrow. You're, you're fighting the target, you know. Like I'm looking for B2B, I'm looking for professionals. You get them there. They are there. The bad, the conversion's not that precious, you know? And I spoke with like other marketers. They also like try to like use LinkedIn as like a lead gen. It's really not like as efficient on like on the cost per conversion, you know, the, the return by, by advertised spending like is not, is really expensive, mm -hmm. you know? So like, you don't get your money doesn't go that far you know that's what i'm trying to say you know like you can be super narrow uh you can find the right audience you know you can you can build lookalike audiences that are like uh what you need but 
it's really expensive. You know, it's it's challenging. So you know? I mean, I spoke to AJ Wilcox, and he's he's a popular LinkedIn advertising expert, and he says that um, yes, it's expensive, but you have to measure everything full cycle and when you compare the co cost of linkedin advertising against um, other advertising opportunities um if you really go full, full cycle and see how many people become customers and how much they spend as customers then actually the cost of linkedin advertising isn't that much compared with um uh, other advertising is that, is that something that you've tried to do i try to do you know but like we're seeing other channels uh that our returns being more efficient you know, our costs, like cost per conversion, cost per leads are, are more efficient in other channels, you know? And also like when we launch like a campaign, we try to do like the whole like approach, like trying to really like retarget people, you know, website, retarget website visitors, find audience on LinkedIn, find audiences on Facebook, you know? So it's like the whole holistic approach like across the main channels. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've seen other channels that are like more cost efficient than LinkedIn for sure. And we're getting good results. So what's the best use of LinkedIn advertising at the moment? Is it to reach out to new audiences? Is it to retarget existing browsers and hopefully turn them into customers or something else? I'll say like a, a bit of both. Uh, we use LinkedIn a lot right now, like as also like a way to position ourselves as like thought leaders. You know, like we are like breathing like every single day influencer marketing you know we are deep dive like every single new trend every single like new tool every single new platform you know so like we we use linkedin to like really push that awareness around the influencer marketing like industry you know our like platform of course but, like positioning ourselves as thought leaders and that we know what we're talking about you know on the second front like a lot of our LinkedIn campaigns are on like look look like audiences, you know. So we get like the list of like our visitors, and we find them like audiences similar to them on LinkedIn. So that's where we see the best conversion. Uh, but I'll say that's like thirty percent of our focus on LinkedIn right now. Okay. And obviously, you can only advertise on LinkedIn pages, um, but LinkedIn profiles have a lot of organic reach. Do you have a strategy and organic strategy for linkedin profiles as well yeah uh on the organic side again content is a big push you know we basically have like a piece of content almost every day on linkedin you know sometimes just sharing like partner content we have videos we have our editorial so basically like mondays we have our video series uh tuesdays we have our editorial you know we try to get like even share articles from other publishers like during the week we have platform updates you know, we have like a live, a LinkedIn live session every Thursday, you know, so we try to keep our audience engaged, you know, on the organic side. And we are seeing like a slow growth on like our page, uh, like development. So how are you finding your LinkedIn live numbers going? Because I, I've had LinkedIn live for the last year or so. And to begin with, I found that I got quite a few people, maybe 50 plus people watching live and within 24 hours getting 2000 views of a video. Recently, when I've gone live, I've only had maybe 10 people, if I'm lucky, watching live and maybe a few hundred people watching live. So I'm not sure if it's something that I'm doing. The fact that there's so many, perhaps more people going live or perhaps LinkedIn are doing something with their algorithm there. We don't get a lot of people on the live. 
Okay. You know, like it's or you said it's like on the few dozens, you know, that we get. Uh, but then we push later and no, we don't promote that, but like we see some like viewership later on. Uh live live we don't get a lot of people. And you know, again, well, like we just started this about like a month ago. I'm yeah, mistaken. I mean it's, it's it's important to experiment with LinkedIn and, yeah. and LinkedIn the the length of time, i.e., a number of days that uh, you can get um, a decent organic reach is is quite significant. You you, you can get a week um, plus sometimes, depending on how many people interact with your post. Of people that um, actually discover your post quite easily on LinkedIn. Um, I just published a post on LinkedIn yesterday, actually, and it was a, a survey, uh, a poll, which is, uh, I think, a fairly new feature I just decided to try in on LinkedIn. Um, and just asked the question, when was the last time you listened to a podcast, just to trial the, the, the feature. And within the last 24 hours, I had 166 votes and over 2000 people viewing that post and ranking number one for the hashtag podcast. So it's 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 about experimenting and just turn mm -hmm. uh, trying something new and and just offering content as opposed to a direct call to action. I think I, I agree with you. Like I think like we you should experiment. You know, like and all these platforms they're giving you so many tools nowadays. You know, for you to just to try different things. You know, mm -hmm. and not try to be salesy. You know, yeah. like the content that we're producing, we're not trying to be salesy. You know, people are tired to receive, like, I'm tired to receive cold calls, uh, like cold email calls, you know, say, hey, you need my service. No, I don't. <laughs> You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and and start publishing native content on these platforms. Don't just publish links to your own blog posts exactly. because you, you won't get any engagement. Yeah. You get none, you know, and we, we share, like, if we read, like, an article that's, like, it's interest for our industry, we are sharing. It doesn't need to be ours. We don't need to always drive traffic to ourselves, you know, like, we're here to, like, be sure that our audience, you know, our clients, our prospects are coming to us because, like, they trust us, you know, that they Definitely. know that they're not going to be harassed by us. You and know? you're still building a brand. You're, 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 a brand. So Facebook ads is your tool number three. LinkedIn advertising is your tool number two. What is your tool number one? Our biggest fan, like Google, Google ads. <laughs> it's like our, where we're seeing the most results. You know, we, we have been doing like Google ads basically since I started in the company about like a year and a half ago. And we just seen like, if you go really deep diving, optimizing, taking your time to make it right, you know, we're seeing results. You know, uh, when it started, like our conversion rates, because we divide our conversion rate between like the creators that come to our platform to, to opt in, but basically, like, we're not generating revenue with them. And the other ones, like brands and agencies and like anyone, a, a possible client. In the beginning, we were seeing like a way higher number of creators coming to us, you know, and now through like really learning and like optimizing our campaigns in the both of search, display, retargeting, anything you can imagine, video, uh, we are seeing more and more like our conversion rates getting better and better and better for like really brands for the B2B and the B2B Interesting. Front. Yeah. So you're not finding that over the last year or so that um, your average cost to acquire a new lead using Google Ads has increased. It's, it's actually gone down. It went down, went down. Oh, now it's went down. And because we are focusing a lot of time on that, a lot of time. So you think it's better? It's, it's because you're providing better content, a better call to action, and your, your, your score, your ad score is probably improving because of that. Mm -hmm. I believe so. Yeah. 
you know, Good like, score, yeah. And I also have like a, an amazing programmatic person in the team that like he he knows the tool like back and forth like you know he's a genius you know and it's it's improving more and more and more you know you always have to be aware that like it's a crowded space mm. you know but like if you put in consideration like we are doing like search there's like trying direct like trying to be like lead gen to display that goes like display and retargeting people visit our website they leave you know more and more people start seeing your brand from both like content advertising you know what you said like we're building our brand you know it's like it's a testing we are, we are always testing something new there's always a b testing running for us to see what's performing best you know and always optimize what's the best performer you know and they leave they go to facebook they go to instagram they go to linkedin they always see something about tagger you know, and like that's, I think, why we're seeing our gospel conversion on search uh, decreasing, you know, because people are just getting more familiar with our brand more and more. Okay. It's and obviously, Google Ads is a lot more uh, complicated than it used to be. It used to be a case of um, selecting keyword phrases and just targeting those keyword phrases, and you could choose exact match or um, phrase match. And But now it's, it's a bit more. AI driven and you yes. have to trust the machines a little bit more and you, you can maybe target return on ad spends and just let the machines do the work for you. Are, are you finding it better if you just trust the machines? <laughs> I <laughs> kind of, you know, like we, we have like monthly by monthly calls with like our Google, Google app, you know, that we, that, that's the point, you know, let the machine learn, let the machine learn, you know, it's usually like a two week window for the machine learning to improve. I give them the two weeks window. And after that, it's like, okay, let's optimize because my, the two week window is not enough. So yeah. I think you, you should give a trust because they know what they're doing, you know, but also like you need that personal touch, you know, you know, like if you're talking about like if you're creating campaigns under keywords, you know what people are looking for you, you know how people are searching you. You know, so like, don't give all the power to the machine. You know, you need to have the personal touch, you know, and like we're building a, a brand around influencers. Influencers are like face-to-face, -face, like interactive, direct interaction with audiences. You know, we want to build a brand that like we have a direct like touch with our audiences. You know, we know what they're talking about. You want them to come to us as like, as because we're personal to them. You know, and like mm. you cannot leave just a machine dictate what you have to do. But I think what you said initially is very important as well. You, you need to give the machines a little bit of time. I think many businesses will be will see initial results and then be very scared and turn things off too quickly and not give the machines enough time to learn. Yeah, you need you need patience. You know, like of course, like more time means like more advertising spending. You know, more of your budget that being hit. But if you don't have patience, you you're never going to get results in a day. You know. Okay. Like we started our campaigns a year ago, pretty much. You know, we have like always on campaigns running, both ads and content. If we give up, like right off the batch, we're never going to be reaching like the cost per conversions, the cost per leads that we're reaching right now. You know, it's like about patience, about like knowing where to optimize and where to change. And do you use YouTube advertising as part of your Google Ads mix as well? Yes. We just started. We just launched uh, like a, our first like uh, real piece of ad, you know, that we're we're launching. We are 
we launched this we yesterday it was yesterday that we just pressed like okay you know we finished like a nice landing page just to drive for lead generation uh and it looks really nice you know so like again in two weeks if you call me back in two weeks how did it go I can tell in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I think the lovely thing about YouTube advertising, and not too many marketers know this, is you can target people who have searched certain phrases on Google um, over the past period of time. Mm -hmm. And that's a very niche audience, so you can get highly targeted with YouTube advertising. Yeah. More and more, like, I I love working with the Google advertising, like, (laughs) ecosystem, you know, just like, because it's a combination of like, you can go super granular, more, more and more granular. You can connect the search with video, you know, and everything else, you know? Uh, so it's fun. It's a fun game. Okay, yeah. so the big G's number one for you, but uh, let's go back and talk about MarTech in general a little bit more and ask you the question, as your business grows, what's an example of a process that you currently do manually that you may wish to automate using marketing technology in the future? Like we we are on the works to like try to figure out some more automation, you know. We are considering like a few tools uh, to really help us to like create like a better uh, email like a uh, email marketing strategy, you know, for visitors to come in. Like if we we lose them in the middle, of, they drop, they bounce out from our website in the middle. How can we talk to them? So we are looking for some automation. Uh, to improve our marketing uh, touch point with our, mm-hmm. our prospects, you know, but we're just in conversations now seeing what makes sense for our business in the stage that we are. Uh, that's like the next thing we're doing. We uh, we use a lot of like uh, project management tools like Jira to really manage like any requests internal the team or forestry is like the tool that we use for to, to manage our back end, you know, but those are just operational ones. Uh, and also we are trying to create some kind of like automation, like on dashboards to really see, like to compare our advertising spending, you know, with like our, like lead generation, what's converting to clients. So we're trying to automate that too. You know, right now we are, we are looking between like Google data studio or go to like a Tableau. We don't know yet, but that's just takes a little bit of more of like groundwork. Sure, sure. And now we're doing everything oh. manually, so it's time I mean, th- Those are all great, great platforms, but you have to know why you're using them to begin with. So you're right not jumping in straight away. You also mentioned email marketing there to actually perhaps define where perhaps in your, your funnel people are dropping off. Do, did you actually use Hotjar or a tool like Hotjar to, to see what customers are doing I'm, on your site? We are using right now uh, to see what they're using on our, our site. There's a tool like... I forgot the name, but like basically we can see the whole, you can track the whole uh, like cycle of the consumer on our website, where they scroll, where they click, where they drop. You know, I literally have the tool and I forgot the name. I'm sorry. Okay, that's, a, that's okay. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> that's... a really cool tool. Like our development team, they share with me once and say like, that's money. That's beautiful. You know, you know, you literally just watch little like videos of people browsing your website. It's like a it's like an interactive heat map, if you say so. Okay, but it's not hot jar. It's not it? hot jar. It's not hot jar. It's not hot jar. Okay, because you can. Okay. Um. Well, maybe whatever service it is, don't do a great job of branding because you might have remembered their their, their name. But it's 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 good that you're doing that as well. So, um, let's ask you one other kind of related question: and what is something? 
that you have in mind that would be a wonderful piece of marketing technology, but it perhaps doesn't even exist yet, but you would love to see created? Okay, so we see the boom of podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. If we can easily make the podcast also become an editorial, you know, like a tool that like, let's say transcribes a podcast in the editorial piece. So basically you're building, like we're launching a, a podcast uh, like in September, you know, mm -hmm. and like, how can like amplify that, you know? So like basically we're going to write, we're going to do manually articles, but I see like, if you can have like a tool that can like just get your podcast, get your videos, you know, transcribe them to like possible articles. So we can create like, okay, we have options for everyone. If you like to read, you can read. If you want to listen, you can listen. If you want to watch, you can watch, you know? Content for me is key, you know, like you don't build a brand without building content, you know? So I think more and more tools that we have to generate high quality and engaging content is the best. I think that's an interesting point because people don't write the same way that they speak. Mm -hmm. And just because a tool can do a great job at transcribing doesn't necessarily mean that that is going to be a great experience as an article or a successful article for you uh, i mean I, we, we currently use rev.com i've used a tool like called happy scribe and they're both great tools at transcribing mm -hmm. but i've also published a book in the past or a couple of books in the past and i've taken content from an eight-hour live stream um and had that transcribed and that's resulted in 60,000 words or so, which is the length of an average book. But I had to do so much editing and rewrite things to actually make things readable in proper book form. I would have been probably faster to just write the content myself for, you know, to begin with without, without actually, um, you know, with, without transcribing everything beforehand. But I think what you're looking for is a tool that um, can take the transcription and then turn it into something that's really nice and readable and yes. a, ple a pleasure to read and perhaps AI's some distance AI, away from being yeah. able to do that. Trusting the machine again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, like we use Rev. Rev is like our main tool to like create our subtitles for our videos and like, yeah. you know, there's always editing, you know, like we always have to go back and read and like, and it's funny because we have like offices like in London, uh, our main headquarters in LA, we'll have like London, New York, and then we go to, we have like Asia, you know, we have, uh, a, we have a reseller in Russia, you know, so we also have to like translate our videos to multiple languages, you know, and like, I trust Rev, I've made the transition, like, I hope that's right, and we go for it, you know, <laughs> but like, I, I think Rev are, 99% great and 1% pretty bad. <laughs> I had some problems with Portuguese. I had some problems with Portuguese translations there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're not perfect, but, but, but they are very good. I think one comical uh, transcription that I, I seem to keep on <laughs> challenging them with is actually talking about pay-per-click advertising because often they transcribe it as pay-per-clip for whatever reason. <laughs> it's nothing to do with marketing at all. But um, I'm, I'm just chuckling away to myself because I'm going to be checking out the transcription of this podcast on Rev just to see what uh, happens to be produced as a result of me saying that. Oh, we're going to have some fun. My strong accent on Rev, it's a blast. 
I have some videos that I had to put some subtitles on. You're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Um, Jogo, thank you so much for your time and your tips today. What was the best way for the listener to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, our website, tagamedia.com, you know, like that's our main platform. And also like find me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash IN slash Jogofilipelli. You know, I, I try to be super present, you know, engage with content there. And LinkedIn for sure is like my platform that I, I go the most. Wonderful stuff. Well, thank you again. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us. If you haven't done so already, sign up for your free trial of Content Cal, plan, collaborate on, approve and publish your content in one simple and intuitive calendar interface. Plus check out all the other MarTech Stack Show episodes over at contentcal.io. Also, wherever you're watching or listening to this show, let us know your opinion. What are the three most important marketing technologies in your business? Let us know and we'll try and give you a shout out on a future show or maybe even have you on as a future guest. Thanks again.